right, everybody. So thanks for tuning in again today to the Docs Sportscast. Uh, we're excited to be back with uh, just another update on the NBA playoffs. Uh, so obviously you guys know the NBA playoffs has been going on. Uh, Aurora is continuing to be very, very excited with these various games. Um, however, she's got a big issue right now is that if you take a look at the pattern of the NBA playoffs this year, Man, it really boils down to injuries. Um, you know, that's that's the story for pretty much every single series right now um, is just telling the tale of the injuries. Uh, and it's been it's been pretty much that story throughout most of the playoffs. Um, we're obviously not excited about that. We'd love to see teams at full strength and see what they can do. But it um, seems like almost every team at this point seems to have some type of injury issues uh you know i think the only ones if you could look at it um probably would be the clippers um the bucks and the hawks well no the hawks had Danilo hunter go out as well so i mean it's a lot of teams guys it's a lot of teams dealing with injuries right now and that really does suck but um nonetheless we have some very interesting series going on. And it's going to be very entertaining. It's still going to be a great playoffs um, as long as we get good matchups and you know close games and a team that can will it out through these injuries will end up winning. And so we are very excited about that. And I think uh, we will still get a very great finish uh, when we get to the NBA Finals at this point. So that being said, um, we'll jump right into it here. We are recording this a little bit later um, on Tuesday, the 15th, uh, so uh, as we speak, um, the Bucks and the Brooklyn Nets are playing. Uh, Aurora is getting a little tired, so we'll jump right into it here before she goes to sleep on us. So, uh, first up is the Sixers and the Hawks. Okay, that series is now tied at two games apiece. Uh, Joel Embiid, you know, his injury that he sustained um, in the last series is, is just getting worse. As the series progresses, you could really tell it. Uh, the second half of Game Four, man, he was he was definitely feeling it, and you could tell. Yeah, you, know, you could tell out there. Be not just his performance. You could you could see him um, uncomfortable out there, and when that affects your play, you know it's definitely going to make a big impact on the series, especially if you're the best player on your team. So, you know, we, we applaud him. I mean, we really admire what the what the man's doing out there, um, playing through the pain. And, you know, if honestly, from a fan standpoint, we really hope the Sixers are careful here. You know, we're players, we're players fans, and we really are hoping that the Sixers are going to be really careful with this. Uh, you would hate to see something happen that could cause an injury, you know, maybe even affecting the team into next year. Uh, we, we don't want to see that. So... Hopefully they don't go too far with it, uh, but the way the series is shaped up, you know, it, they lost the first game, and again, we talked about this last couple podcasts. Man, the Sixers do not adjust well. They cannot make adjustments to their game plan. They they really, really struggle when they have to pivot and, and change what they're doing. Um, you know, to me, it's because they don't have a, a true point guard there. Uh, to be able to, you know, help them uh, get the flow of the offense in the right spot, uh, I think that's really the main reasoning behind it. After, you know, thinking about what we said the last couple podcasts and talking about it, I think that's what it's, um, 
boiling down to is that um, they just don't have a point guard that can really control the game when they need to make those adjustments and help them understand how to get their flowing, their offense flowing. Um, so yeah, they, they struggled in the first game and then they won the next two. Um, and Embiid, you know, like I said, his injury continued to get worse and in game four, the second half, his injury was definitely plaguing him. Uh, they had to make adjustments to what they were doing and really struggled. And uh, Hawks were able to come out and win game four, uh, basically basically just in the second half because the first half, they were they were losing. So, it's, it's going to be interesting to see uh, how the game goes or how the series goes. Um, you know, if, if Joel Embiid's injury continues to create uncertainty for them they will have no chance to win this series because the uncertainty means that they constantly have to be flexible and constantly have to be adjusting their offense and they cannot do that guys we talked about it they can't do it so hopefully that's not the case hopefully joel can um recover uh, at some point and you know get back to being healthy for an entire game. I mean, yeah, think about it. All they need is just two more games. So they just need him to be healthy for two more games. And and that'll get them on to the next the next series. And the next series is tied up two to two and it's gonna go pretty long as well. So say they can win the next two games, maybe he'll get some time to rest and, and come back and be a little healthier. I don't know. But then this uncertainty is really gonna hurt them. So um, yeah, that's why I struggled in the second half, um, of game four. And that's really going to be what happens with the series. You know, we really don't want to make a prediction at this point because <laughs> we can't predict Joel Embiid's health. Um, we hope that he stays healthy. If he, if he can get back to being healthy and playing consistently, um, yeah, they're, they're going to end up taking that series. But if he keeps doing what he's doing, um, you know, and, and being hurt on and off, they're not going to be able to pull out the win. You know, it's not because the Hawks are better. It's, it's really not. It's not got the hots or better or anything like that. It's more a focus of, you know, the, the Sixers can't adjust. Um, they really struggle when they have to make adjustments. That's that's the big part of it. So the Hawks could end up, um, you know, moving through in that situation. Next up, the Jazz and the Clippers. Okay, so the Jazz Clippers are tied 2-2 two to two as well. Okay, see a trend here. Um you know, the series is, is going to be a good one. Uh, it, it's going to be a good one. You know, we really thought the Jazz would end up getting game four. They did not. You know, Kawhi Leonard decided to to go off again. Um, and that's the thing with Kawhi. You know, if he feels that the game is needed for him to come out there and be aggressive and attack, they're a very, very dangerous team. However, if he chooses to go out there and, you know... <laughs> think that you know he can take it easy for a night that team's gonna really struggle and he's a guy that does that he is a he's a player that does not you know go all out every single night so it, it's kind of hard to tell with this series too especially because the main injury that's um you know plaguing this series is mike conley he's been out the first four games and um you know now that the clippers are starting to get in a rhythm and starting to make adjustments when they're playing the jazz they really need mike conley to come back so, again, the prediction is kind of hard to make, but what we will say is that 
the if Mike Conley can come back and be healthy, the Jazz will turn this thing around, and it will be the Jazz who win the series. If he doesn't come back, I'm not going to say the Clippers are going to win, because really, Kawhi Leonard is so up and down. I think it's a 50-50 shot. So I would say the Jazz will win. That's what that's what we're gonna. That's what we think will happen um, right now. However, there is a lot up in the air. So you know, you can't hold us to that because there's so much that's gonna be changing. <laughs> um, so yeah. Next up is the Bucks Nets. Okay, so the Bucks Nets series. Man, <laughs> tied up two to two, um, going into um, last night's game, tonight's game, as the time of this recording. So the time of this recording right now, they are in the third quarter. Um, looks like seven, about seven minutes left. Milwaukee's up fairly handedly, seventeen points. And um, yeah, you know we're not really that surprised by this. Um, you know, I think, I think you go and look at the series, guys. James Harden uh, did decide to come back and play in this game. But, guys, there is, there's something you all got to think about here. Is what Kyrie Irving does and why Kyrie Irving was a different type of matchup holistically from a team standpoint than what James Harden is. Okay, James Harden does not play well off ball. Okay. Kevin Durant can play off ball, but that's not the way they're running their offense. And Kyrie does play well off the ball. He had to learn to play well off the ball when he played with LeBron James. For this reason, this is exactly why the matchup is going the way it is in this series. Okay, The... The series, the, you know, we our predictions changed on this a couple times, and it's going to keep changing, guys, because of the injury issues. I mean, we, we really can't, you know, predict the series. What we can do is say, hey, this is what we think if everything stays status quo right now. And that's what we'll do. But if something else changes again, guys, <laughs> we're going to have to change our prediction. I mean, these, these injuries in every series is just making a huge impact right now. So, current situation. Right now, current situation, um, it bodes well for Milwaukee. It really does. Um, and we were not surprised going into this game. We kind of anticipated that this would happen. You know, everybody was like, oh, James Harden might come back. You know, he, he's going to play, and, and they're going to be rocking on all cylinders and, and everything like that. You know, here's the thing. One, James Harden, it, it takes him a while to get back into rhythm. He usually, he typically can't just step right back on a court. I mean, nobody can. Nobody can just step back on a court after being injured or whatever and just expect to light it up, right? Right now, he's one for eight, okay? One for eight from the field, 0 for six from three-pointers, okay? Here's the thing. You're taking six three-pointers and you're 0 for six, try to get some easy buckets, right? He's only got one out of eight. He needs to get some more easy buckets is the big thing for him. Um, you know, I'm looking at it here, one for one from the free throw line. I mean, come on get to the free throw line, like make something happen. I don't know. Um, you know, but clearly he's not having a great game. And I think it's because the way that they play, it, it just doesn't bode well for both of them. When Kyrie's not on the floor, 
against Milwaukee. Okay, now against another team, yes, this may be different. Um, th th well, this would be very different. But right now, right now it's not. Right now the situation is that Milwaukee can play defense properly against Kevin Durant. You know, they, they can't, Kevin Durant cannot get the proper spacing right now because they can double team and help the right ways because of the way the lineups are flowing. Now, if Kyrie was in the game, it'd be a little bit different. And I'm sure one of the, I'm sure a bunch of these three pointers that, um, you know, James Harden has taken, you know, I, I haven't, I can't remember every one he's taken in this game, but I'm sure plenty of them are ones that were fairly open looks that were created by, um, you know, Kevin Durant getting double teamed and things like that. But he's not in rhythm. He's not. He's not going to be in rhythm. He's got to get back into play. But still, the other big thing is from a defensive standpoint. Drew Holiday's got 15 points, guys. He's five for nine, three of five from three points. Look, I mean that's great. He's got five assists. He is playing very well, and the reason why is because. You don't have Kyrie Irving in there to go up against Drew Holiday, you know. Um, that that's gonna that's gonna hurt you right there. That's gonna hurt you right there, and it is. It, it it's tremendously hurting them right now. Um, from a defensive standpoint, Drew Holiday is having a very good game, and he he hadn't um, this entire he hadn't had consistently good games this entire series, but he's having a good game now. So. Um, yeah, I would keep watching this series. It's definitely going to be interesting as it continues playing out. Um, but, you know, as we said, right now, if the situation stays the way it is, Kyrie doesn't, Kyrie's not there to play off the ball. Harden doesn't play well off ball. And Durant is in the focus of, hey, I've got to, I've got to be the guy right now. And that needs to change. Now, if they, if they make an adjustment, they can, they can make an adjustment and make this work. Make an adjustment where James Harden, is the one with the ball in his hand, and he's your main focus of the offense. Yeah, he's struggling tonight, but you know, hope hope he gets it back together because this offense doesn't work well right now. It's not going to work well right now defensively. You're going to get beat because of the guard play of Milwaukee without Kyrie in there, and you're going to have to put up enough points. So you need James Harden to get the ball rolling and get going. And Kevin Durant doesn't need that. He can get going at any time. He can get his own shot off, and he can work his way into an offense. So you need to let James Harden really get going here. Um, but anyway, I think that um, our prediction, the way it is right now, Bucks will end up winning this series. Okay, which we're very happy about. You know, we we've talked about it before. We don't like teams that are bought. We like teams that are built. There's more pride to it, guys. There's more pride. There, there's it's harder it's harder to do think about it if you if you build a car and you start it up and then you're driving it like you know what you're not going to give a crap what anybody thinks about that car it could look like the biggest piece of junk in the world but you know what you're going to feel proud because you built it from the ground up and that's what milwaukee's done here they built up this franchise yeah sure they brought in free agent pieces and things like that but Giannis and Chris Middleton are Bucks. Okay? They've been Bucks their career. Pat Connaughton, Brandon Forbes. I mean, the, these guys are Milwaukee Bucks. Okay? They make up the Milwaukee Bucks. And look at the Brooklyn Nets. Top three players Kevin Durant, James Harden, Kyrie Irving. 
even their even even take some of the other players Blake Griffin okay like Jeff Green like these guys are not are not Brooklyn Net players <laughs> and they were not drafted by Brooklyn and they're not Brooklyn players but you know what they bought their team they they've bought success right now so uh you know we we just really root for the other team in those situations that's just kind of how our philosophy has always been um if you look at it now um it's about five minutes left in the third quarter um milwaukee's only up eight points so it looks like they've made a bit of a run uh looks like Giannis may have gotten a rest there for a bit and um you know blake griffin seems to have been putting in some putting up some points jeff green's having a really solid night and they're going to need that. They're going to need that to get through this game. But, man, I really don't see Milwaukee dropping this game. I think it's going to end up being Milwaukee. We will see come tomorrow, and you guys will see how wrong we are or right we are on that. Um, doesn't matter, though. It's going to be a good game either way. Hopefully it's a close game and we get some good action here coming into the fourth quarter. All right, moving on, we will jump away from the NBA playoffs and talk about some uh, news going on with the NBA itself. So uh, if you guys uh, had paid attention during the Hawks Knicks series, um, Knicks, <laughs> a representative from the Knicks um, won't, t- won't say names and things like that, but a representative from the Knicks was in a press conference, talked about how um, Trey young was playing during the game and how he would draw cheap fouls, um, from shooting the ball in unnatural positions, um, commented how it's not that's not basketball. And this is a growing trend that we're seeing, guys. Um, if you're not aware of what they're talking about from an unnatural shooting motion, this is something that started, um, I mean, it's been starting for years, but you've got guys like Kevin Durant, um, James Harden, uh, I mean, plenty. <laughs> the list could go on and on, really, with the players that have adapted this, you know, I'm, I've got my three my three point stance, and um, as soon as a defender puts his arm out there, they pull their arms across and up so that the defender's arm gets caught in theirs, and they act like they're shooting after that so that they get free throws. This is a call that we have consistently been frustrated with. We've consistently been frustrated seeing this. And Steve Nash talked about it. He said, um, that's not basketball. And it's not, guys. It's not. It's it's foul drawing, okay? If you if you want to make a league for, you know, foul shots, okay, go ahead. Make this a big feature of it. But we want to see good, crisp basketball. We want to see basketball where people are going one-on-one, team-on-team, referees are not impacting everything. It's not just a free-throw contest. And this has impacted so many games, so many big plays and big moments um, because so many guys will use this, you know, for lack of a better word, bailout technique um, to go to the free-throw line. Um, And it's really quite sad. It's really quite sad to see it because it is not fundamental basketball it's not fundamentally sound basketball um you know we want to see guys go to the free throw line fairly when they're actually taking a shot we don't want to see people get to go to the line uh free throw line for cheap purposes right and so 
the NBA is meeting over um, this situation. And they're looking to reevaluate the rules in this. Um, I believe that they have studied or been studying um, various situations across all 30 teams in the NBA um, of this type of situation. Um, they are looking at every time this has occurred and they're trying to evaluate what is a natural shooting motion, what is a non-natural and unnatural shooting motion, um, which I think is going to be great for them to do. Uh, I give them a lot of props for taking the time to do this and put the time and effort into it. Um, it's going to be very difficult. It's going to be very difficult because there will. this is going to be just like charges nowadays in the NBA uh, where there's flops and things like that. There's going to be plenty of times that they're going to call a ruling based on, oh, that looked natural or that didn't look natural. It's going to be opinion-based. So we hate any of those plays or any of those calls um, when a play is determined by an opinion of a referee um, or an outlook of a referee. You know, we, we hate that. We really hate those situations. So hopefully um, this does not end up being that. I think it's going to be very difficult for it not to be. But hopefully they can come up with some solid parameters that create consistency for rulings on this. Um, and it will create better play, uh, less stoppage, more guys having to create their own shots, go to the free throw line for the right reasons, things like that. Um, I appreciate it. I think it's really good. I'm glad that they are looking to evaluate this and not let it clunk up the game. You know, offenses, this, this is a point of it too. Offenses already are favored way too much in the NBA. Defenders can't check guys. You know, they, they can't have their hands on a guy. They can't get physical with a, a guard out on the perimeter. Uh, you know, I mean, it, it's nuts. It's nuts the, the way that offensive players I mean, basically, you know, put me out on an NBA court and you know what? I mean, I'm just going to get a free layup whenever I want because someone actually can't get physical and play tough with me. You know, I'll probably be able to put up a few points. I mean, you know, I, I, I don't know, maybe not, but whatever. A lot of guys will be able to score and put up points out there um, based on the way that defenses are able to play nowadays. There's just way too many times they get they get calls and it just favors the offense way too much. So um, I am glad that this is going to take it in a direction where the offenses aren't favored as much. I'm glad for any type of situation that allows defenses to get back an advantage that they used to have. Um, and this is definitely one of those. <clears throat> so very happy about that. All right, moving on. And we're going to jump back in the playoffs a bit. Um, the Suns were eliminated by the Nuggets. Okay. Um, man, this, it, it was, this was tough. This was tough to watch because in the third quarter, toward the end of the third quarter, I think three minutes and something seconds left, um, Nikola Jokic, who is the MVP from this past season, he was just awarded the MVP a few days ago and <laughs> he was ejected from this game, guys. He was ejected from this game. If you have not watched the play, um, go to ESPN, um, you know, watch the play. Uh, you will see what happened for him to be ejected from the game. It's clear that he was frustrated. He was trying to um, show his frustration to create some energy um, in the in the series or in the game, um, which a lot of players will do that. Players will do that. They'll give hard fouls and things to try and turn something around, get some energy, motivation for their teammates. That happens frequently. Um, it was it was 
fairly clear that that's what he was doing. I mean, he was he was frustrated. It was clear that he wasn't like going after Cameron Payne um, because he didn't swipe at the head. He swiped at the ball, but he happened to hit the head um, with uh, his his bicep area there. Um, and yeah, he was ejected for it. Now, here's the thing: I can see both sides of it. I really can. If you go back and watch the play, I can see where they're saying, you know what? He he reared back, you know, and he when he swung, he followed through too much, um, you know. So he cocked his arm, swung at it, and you know, hit the guy in the head. I I understand where that is. I see it. Um, but here's the thing, guys. It, it's it was he was swiping his hand was swiping at the ball his hand was swiping at the ball um so it was clear he wasn't going for the head he is the reigning mvp we want to see the best most talented players out there on the court playing the game and when the nuggets are down three games on the brink of being eliminated they're only down seven points at that moment when he was ejected from the game and so the referees sealed the fate of the nuggets the nuggets could have had a chance to maybe win that game the nuggets came back from 3-0 uh i think it was 3-0 um last year um in the playoffs and so you know i i just i hate the fact that you didn't allow him to keep playing that game give him a flagrant one and and call it call it what it is. Give it a flagrant one. Yes, penalize them, but don't eject him from the game. Like I just think it was it was horrible for the fans. I think it's horrible for not just Nuggets fans, but NBA fans that you didn't get to see more of him. You know, he's the MVP, and he really had a chance to you know go out there and continue doing well and maybe wheel the Nuggets to a win. You know, they're only down seven points in that game. That they, they definitely had an opportunity to to keep going there. Um, you know, maybe maybe get a win, maybe still one win and make a gentleman sweep or something, but they were robbed that opportunity. So here's the other thing too, guys. They only lost by seven points. Absolute credit, <clears throat> absolute credit to the Denver Nuggets um, because they easily could have threw in the towel. They easily could have came out there in that fourth quarter and put up horrible, atrocious play and lost by way more than seven points but they did a great job um, very happy with what they did and their fans and coaching staff should applaud them with the effort that they gave forward because that was just fantastic to see that they were able to give that effort without their captain their mvp on the court um, so the fact they lost just by seven i mean that was a win in my books that's going to be a lot of great things for the team moving forward in next year giving them some toughness and things Honestly, I don't think they need to change anything up. I think they need to keep their team intact. And next year when Jamal Murray's healthy, man, watch out. This could be a team that makes a huge, huge impact um, next year and possibly makes a run for a championship if they keep everything intact, which I hope that they do. All right, and with that being said, um, we will do the last segment of this podcast, which is going to be saying goodbye to those Nuggets. Goodbye, Denver Nuggets. Goodbye, Nikola Jokic, the MVP of the 2021 NBA season. You played every game of the regular season, put up amazing statistics and numbers, 
shouldered the entire load for your team throughout the entire year to will them to the playoffs. And a second round exit definitely didn't showcase the MVP effort that you had throughout the season. And your ejection in the game will not be forgotten. Goodbye to the chance of one guy being enough. One guy being enough to win a title. Because he was the last chance at having that. The Nuggets have had no other superstar on that team with Jamal Murray out. And so it would have been a great opportunity to see how far one man could take his team on his own. And we saw how it didn't work. Nikola Jokic gave it his all this year. And gave it all in the playoffs after he gave everything he could for the regular season. And we can't wait to see what he does next season. Let's continue to look back and think of the great moments that he gave us in the time we had with him this year. In the regular season and in the playoff performances he had. And let's get very excited to look forward to the Denver Nuggets next year. Thank you, Nikola Jokic, for a wonderful year and everything that you brought to the NBA and the Denver Nuggets and the Denver community. All right, guys. So, And with that being said, um, we will um, wrap this up again. Sorry if I uh, sound a little bit nasally, things like that. I'm having some sinus issues. But, um, yeah, uh, that being said, we will uh, wrap things up a little bit here. looks like... 31 seconds left in the third quarter. Um, Bucks up seven points. That's what we will leave it on. Uh, again, I think Bucks are going to end up winning that game. Um, and if it stays the way it is, I think they're going to end up winning that series, guys. So uh, we'll see how it goes. Uh, you guys will hear from us again, uh, if not on Friday. You'll hear from us definitely again on Monday. Um, looks like Aurora is starting, starting to take a snooze as it is. Um, so, yeah. We'll let you guys go, um, get on to your day, but let us know what you guys thought of the podcast. Uh, let us know what you think of the podcast. You know, our, uh, Facebook is below, uh, emails below reach out. Let us know what we can do to make things, uh, more entertaining for everybody out there. Um, and if you did like the content, feel free to like, share, subscribe, um, to the content so that more people can listen to it as well. But thank you guys so much. Really appreciate it. And we'll talk to you on Monday.